So who I got ahead of him right now is I, got I can't P- wait for these names. <laughs> so, I, so I got Pitts at six, Goddard, Gusecki, Fant, Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, Gerald Everett, oh, Tyler, oh. Tyler Higby, and Evan Ingram. Oh. All right, you can talk me into moving. Thomas. Gerald Everett's the only one I'm really gonna grow at. But so Gerald Everett. <laughs> we'll save Gerald Everett. He's, he's the... a guy for another time, but he's a sleeper tight end. You watch out for him. He will be a beast this year. Pete Carroll called him the fanciest tight end he's ever worked with. I don't know what that means, but it's good. So that's where I stand on Gerald Everett. going on welcome into another episode of the fantasy football fellows podcast we're all back we're all in the same place we tyler's back this week i'm back baby tyler how was how was arizona it was hot it was it was hot but it was it was a lot of fun and much needed so i just like these tastes coming up (laughs) nice i love it i love it cameron how are you doing today i'm doing all right you know this just like last week, it's just a Tuesday. So, a Tuesday. you know, we're just kind of every day it comes. I'm I'm excited for the nighttime, but the days are long. So I feel that. <laughs> we we uh, got to come up with a hashtag for Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag worst day of the week. <laughs> that's my, that's my hot take this week. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. I love it. I love it. Well, let's, uh, let's just jump into it right away. Tyler's back. So that means we got hot take tie back with us. Uh, we're going to be cruising through the NFC East this week. We're going to start with the New York Giants and the Washington football team today. So based on those two teams, Tyler, what's hot take Ty got to say this week? Oh, well, first I got to say, I, you know, we asked about Arizona and stuff, but I have to officially say it's a pleasure to bring you another hot take this week, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, my hot take this week is about wide, uh, Washington football team wide receiver Curtis Samuel. And uh, I don't think many people are aware of where he finished last year. He finished wide receiver 24. Um, in a crowded wide receiver room as well. In a very crowded wide receiver room. Um, and he now recently signed with Washington from Carolina. And uh, my hot take is that he finishes as a top 25 wide receiver again this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center and Terry McLaurin across the field from him. And Logan Thomas in that mix, too. Logan Thomas, too. And the mighty Adam Humphreys. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hot take. Adam, Adam Humphreys finished as a top 40 he... wide receiver. I'm just kidding. Man. Is he on your rankings at all? Yeah. Or... <laughs> not in that top 150. <laughs> top 150. Oh, man. Well, we're not going to start with the Washington football team uh, per usual. We're going to go in order of who we think is going to finish last in the division, work our way up towards the top. Uh, we had the New York Giants finishing in last place in this division, which I don't know if it's really that unpopular, but um, they're getting back arguably their best player this season, Saquon Barkley. He missed all of, well, pretty much all of last season uh, with his knee injury. Um, he's pretty much back to consensus first round. We all have him in the top seven. Tyler, you have him at running back seven, Cameron running back five. I have him at running back six. 
Tyler, uh, how certain are we that Saquon returns to top five running back, let alone top 10 running back status this year? I think it's a, I think it's a guarantee that it's a top 10 return. Um, just the biggest question is, does he stay healthy? Um, and I think <laughs> I, I want to think that it all goes right for him this year, that he doesn't pick up an injury um, because in the, I think the one year that he was fully healthy, he finished as running back one. Yep. So he's shown that he's, you know, one of, if not the most physically gifted and dynamic running backs in the league. Yeah, for um, sure. I think top five, it's, it's, it's hard to say just because of all the other running backs. I yeah. mean, you have McCaffrey, you have Cook, you have Kamara, you have Derrick Henry. And then it, that fifth spot is kind of up for grabs. I, I, you could throw in Saquon, you could throw in Ezekiel Elliott, you could throw in Nick Chubb. I see yeah. Jonathan Taylor go that high. Jonathan Taylor's going that high too. So that that fifth spot is really up for grabs for sure. It wouldn't surprise me if he takes that fifth yeah. spot, but I top 10 for sure. Top five is a bit of a question mark yeah. for me. Yeah. I think the other thing you have to remember too, in his running back one season, uh, Eli Manning was still a quarterback. He got insane volume in the passing game that year. 91 catches. You're 91? Like Christian McCaffrey. No. What? 2,000 yards from scrimmage on 91 catches. Sure. But I mean, that's, I, I think that's it. I, I think top five might be a little bit of a stretch. He's either going to be right at five or he's going to be somewhere between five and 10. He's going to be right in that middle range. Yeah. I don't think he falls any lower than 10, but. Um, I mean, I think we put it in our social media at the FFLs on Instagram. Um, Floor of quick plug. Floor of running back eleven, which I think is probably fair. Um, Any closing remarks on that game? No, I just I agree with everything you say. Excellent, perfect. Let's move on to speaking of passing volume. Goodness, Um, Kenny Galladay signed with the New York Giants this off season to add a dynamic pass catcher to that offense. Um, we all kind of have them at very different points. Tyler, you're at wide receiver 19. I'm at wide receiver 22. Cameron, you have them inside your top 15. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're playing the more conservative approach, knowing that Danny Dimes is still at quarterback, <laughs> um, downgrades from Matt Stafford, obviously, but you're still feeling pretty gung-ho on him. Uh, explain to the people, what, why are you still so gung-ho on Kenny Galladay this season? I think it's because he's the guy that's going to stretch the field on that offense. He's what, 6'4", 200 pounds, and he goes up and gets every ball. He's just a physical beast, and I think that's kind of what Danny Dimes needs mm. is he's got, like, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony even are going to get open, but Daniel Jones needs that outlet that he can trust to go get that ball, and that was supposed to be Evan Ingram last year, but Evan Ingram just has not panned out. Like, he's a great athlete. He just he's like the He's like Chris Herndon. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> But I mean, he's a Christian who gets playing time. That's what he is. He can't catch the ball. Like it's it's unreal. But Kenny Golladay goes up and gets that ball, and I know he's gonna lose targets just because there's so many people that need targets. But at the same time, I think he's a guy who's gonna have pretty ridiculous yards per catch um, average this year, and I think he's gonna put up some touchdowns. That's why I have him higher because I think he's gonna be a great red zone target this year. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think, if anything, you're really banking on touchdown dependency. Not yeah. dependency, but touchdown upside with Kenny Galladay. Tyler, anything to add on to that? 
No, not really. I, I guess, you know, it depended on the matchup for when like Sterling Shepard would have been involved in the yeah. game and stuff. Um, and I think Galladay is such a step above Shepard that it doesn't matter if you need to scheme Galladay yep. up. He will, he'll produce anyway. He's another guy though that needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Yes. And that, that's when he becomes fancy relevant. Cause last year he finished like wide receiver 105 but it's because he missed 13 games or whatever. So, yeah. He missed the rest of the season after I acquired him and thought I'd perfected my team. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. No, no, no disagreement there. Um, I only have them outside of my top 20 only because there are a few guys that I think might get more consistent volume than Kenny Galladay who might have a little bit more upside, but man, those wide receivers from like 15 on, you could probably put in almost any order. Um, and I'm not going to shrug too much. At yeah. It. I, I, we, uh, we posted about Kenny Galladay, I think on our Instagram yeah. on a little player spot. The FF fellas. Yep. Quick plug again. <laughs> give us um, a follow. Yeah, give the <laughs> Share it. <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> um, that basically Galladay um, should fit comf- comfortably as your wide receiver two on your team. Mm-hmm. And if you can get him as your flex, that is a home run of yes. a flex. Yeah. So yeah, his ADP is like 60 right now. So he's yep. going in that end of fourth beginning of fifth range, which is really good for a guy that could be your wide receiver too. Yeah. yeah I, sure. I think a lot of people are drafting him more so near closer to his floor than closer to his yes. ceiling, which I don't think is a bad um, spot to uh, mm-hmm. try and acquire well, Kenny Galladay. Which I will admit that's where I have him ranked is closer, closer to his ceiling. Yes. Yeah. But I, that's how these rankings work. Some guys are going to have closer to the ceiling just based on other guys around him. Other guys you're going to have closer to their floor. Yes. That's just how this all works. So uh, let's put, go on to the guy who's going to be passing Kenny Galladay, and hopefully Saquon Barkley to get close to 70 receptions this season, the football. Uh, Daniel Jones entering his third year into the NFL now. Um, This could be a who needs convincing segment. I think both of you need convincing, but uh, I'll I'll let it go only because uh, I originally did have Daniel Jones outside of my top 20. I haven't been signed now at QB 18. Tyler, you're at QB 25. Cameron, disgraceful QB 29. <laughs> no respect for a guy who can get it done with his legs. Who's, who's behind him? I want to yeah, yeah, Danny right. Dalton. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. Yep. okay. And Sam Darnold. Drew Locke. Oh, Drew Locke. Drew I got Locke. Darnold ahead of him. By one spot. No, I got – I go oh, – I got to fix these. I got Trey Lance by one spot ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's – He's he's he, he's 27. And then I got he's 26 because I got Goff spot ahead of him too. He's 26. Okay. Yeah. You Point have Goff in front of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't like Daniel Jones, but I know for a fact <laughs> that Daniel Jones can do better fantasy than Jared Goff. I'm gonna tell you why Daniel Jones is gonna be better than Jared Goff. Gonna be better than some of the other guys you even have ranked ahead of him. Okay, so. Without Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones has been abysmal. 15 games without Saquon Barkley, 77.1 passer rating, uh, 2,991 passing yards, and yikes, he has more interceptions than touchdowns, 12 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. That's pretty bad. So normally normally that would justify your ranking. But we got Saquon Barkley back this year. Daniel Jones has played more games without Saquon Barkley than with Saquon Barkley. In 12 games with Saquon, Daniel Jones has got his pass rating up then to 91.5. He's thrown for 2,979 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, Holy crap. nine interceptions. Okay. So 
add in his rushing upside on top of that. I think, I mean, look, Daniel Jones isn't going to be the guy you come out of your draft and he's not going to be the show and tell of your team. He's not going to go out and win you your league. I mean, he, I'm not going to say he might this year because that's just going to dig myself into a hole. I don't want to try and dig myself out of, Um, but I think the upside is there with Daniel Jones, where you're definitely not drafting him as your quarterback one, but if you're a person who likes to take two quarterbacks, uh, if you take, if you have a guy top four or five quarterbacks, uh, and you're looking for just a flyer to try and hit a home run on in the late rounds, Daniel Jones might be a good guy to see how he pans out only because he can get it done with his legs. He might stumble before he gets to the end zone, but uh, he's a guy with Saquon. He gets it done. We forget he was knocking on the door. If not a top 10 quarterback, when Saquon Barkley was healthy in 2018, had that insane upside, had that ready to break out season during his rookie year where he all surprised us. I don't know. I like Daniel Jones. Don't come out of him. Don't come out of your draft with him as your starter, but I think there's, there's, there's definitely a reason to have hope now that Saquon Barkley is back this year. I don't move up to 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I won't I was, draft him, but I'm moving 24. That, that he's, he's also in that range of quarterbacks from like 18 to 25, where you just don't know what yeah. to do with yes. him because well, I'd even say 16 to 25 where, all those guys you can talk up for different reasons mm-hmm. and you could probably justify them. They're all quarterbacks. You're not going to take as your QB one is my yeah. point. Yeah. But uh, if you want to take a flyer on a quarterback, I think Daniel Jones, in my opinion, should be more towards the top of your list than not. Yeah. I think, I think at this current moment, all that I see with Daniel Jones is just quarterback two, right? Like yeah. that's all I, uh, that's yeah. all I think. That's all I see. So I think it would be, I mean, he might sneak into that, like, you know, um, your starters on a, on a buy yeah. and Daniel Jones has spot start. Yeah. The spot yep. start and, or the, yep. the, he's got the really good matchup against like the 31st ring defense or something. The Cowboys. Yeah. yeah the Cowboys. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I give him a, a chance, but definitely am not yeah. going to, you know, yeah. put too much stock into Daniel Jones. His ceiling is a high end quarterback too. Yeah, uh, for me at yeah, least. Yeah. I, I I I can agree that he might put up better stats than Saquon back, but I still think it's stealing to high in quarterback too. Yeah, it, and no, I when you when you put it like that, you also think about it. You have in reality, you should have one of the top 12 quarterbacks yes. on your team. Anybody after that, you're probably not starting on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, and that list probably ends at Jalen. Well, it ends at Jalen Hurts for me. Uh, but even once you start to get to that quarterback 12 range, the Matthew yeah. Stafford's the uh, I'm trying to think of who else we have that high cousins hurts. That's um, Matthew Stafford's from Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan. Yeah. And those are all guys that I'm not excited to start on my team. So, yeah. um, you know, once you, once you hit that quarterback 10, it starts to get pretty thin. Sure. So yeah, um, we've I, already gone. I think, wrap it up. Tyler. So just looking at his contract, He's going into his third year of his contract. So I remember when the draft was coming around, right? The big talk was, okay, you went out and signed Kenny Galladay. You signed uh, Kyle Rudolph. You drafted Kadarius Tony. This is a make or break year. I don't really buy that at all. I think next year's for sure. Next year's for sure. Well, so I think they, they mostly said it's a make or break year because this is when the fifth year yeah. is decided oh. at the end of the season. But I, I, I see I mean, I don't know. It's, 
it would be hard for me to say that he won't do better than he has in the past with all that he has available now. I feel like there's only a certain amount of quarterbacks that don't do better with what Daniel Jones has now. Right. Like, so I, I don't, don't, I, I would say, don't be like, if you're looking for a quarterback too, don't be hesitant to take Daniel Jones. Right. Just because you don't read up too, don't read into the headlines too much. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you drop him and you pick up a different quarterback. You pick up the the breakout running back that, you know, has gone off for the first three weeks. Right, right. right. No one's going to say, you know, what were you, they're only going to say, what were you thinking if you take Daniel Jones as your QB1? Yeah. That's the only time they'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to like pass on him when you're like, shoot, man, Baker Mayfield is at, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Don't put Baker (laughs) in the same sentence (laughs) as Daniel Jones right now. Uh, maybe, oh, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sure. Someone like that where you're like, who do I take? Take Daniel Jones. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm still taking Fitzpatrick. Wow. Oh, that. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a good transition then because the second team we're talking about then is the Washington football team and Ryan Fitzpatrick is heading up uh, that offense now. Um, Gunsling and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Tyler, you got him at QB 24. Cameron at QB 23. I have him at QB 21, slightly ahead of both of you. Uh, but Cameron, you said you're taking Daniel Jones ahead of Ryan Fitz. No, did you say you're, no, I'm, I'm taking Fitzpatrick ahead of Jones? All right, now explain your logic for that then. Why Fitzpatrick is a guy who can throw the deep ball, and he's going to put up points. He's he's going to put up points, kind of like Jameis Winston did on Tampa Bay in his last season, because he's just going to go out there and sling the ball. I mean, the dude is what 37 now or something like he's that. He's old. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been on so many teams, and where he's at the point where he's like, "I'm just gonna go out there and play football." And you saw that last year in Miami when he, whenever he was in for Tua, I mean, he was just out there chucking bombs, mm-hmm. and he just he throws the ball all around the field. He makes good reads. Like he's a good. There's a reason he's been in the NFL this long. It's a reason why teams, and, why teams still use him as like a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a serviceable, yeah, starting quarterback who can throw the ball. And so I think he's gonna put up fantasy points. I honestly think he's better for the rest of the football team players than he is for your own fantasy team. Does sure. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like he inflates all of their rankings compared to his well, own. Except for two guys, but yes. we'll get to that later. Anyways, yes, no, I 100% agree. I almost wonder if having him outside of the top 20 is a mistake, but mm. only, beca- only because he's going to be slinging the ball to the likes of Terry McLaurin. Now they have Curtis Samuel there who – I'll let you take the Curtis Samuel uh, <laughs> topic when we get there, but I, he's got great targets there now. Mm-hmm. And Logan Thomas is still there. He's got a dynamic running back in Antonio Gibson. Uh, I mean, he's he's got the he's got the weapons to make it happen. So maybe he does start slinging around and he's inside the top twenty. I don't know, but again, not a guy you want to walk out of your draft with and flex that he's your QB one. No. Uh, because I guarantee someone else in your league probably has Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson then on their roster. And that's not what you want. No, no. Well, let's, let's move on to some of the pass catchers. then, since we kind of started dipping into the wide receivers a little bit, Terry McLaurin, uh, everyone thought he was going to have a breakout season last year, ended up missing quite a few games. Um, everyone's looking for him to bounce back this year. Like you said, Cameron, uh, one of the guys whose value is likely impacting positively by the addition of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, we all have him inside our top 15. Uh, we're all within one spot of each other. Tyler at 14, Cameron at 13, myself at 12. Uh, 
Tyler, give what, what are your thoughts on Terry McLaurin? What are is there any chance he breaks into that top 10 this year? And is there any chance he falls out of the top 15? I think he has a better chance of going into the top 10 than he does falling out of top 15. Okay. Um, I think, I think he fits perfectly into that, like 11 to 14 range because I think we all have the same receivers one through 10, I think with, like Devontae, Tyreek, Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Slant Boy, Mike Thomas. Slant Boy, you heard me right. <laughs> um, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson. Then it's really between, I guess, like Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, them yep. for that 10 spot. Yep. So I can understand, like, right now saying, yeah, he doesn't really crack the top 10. But I think McLaurin's in the best – uh, situation in all three years that he's been in Washington, right? Where he's got a quarterback that realizes if you've got a top target, throw the ball their way. Don't yeah. like try to, don't try too much to disperse the ball. Go to your guys that you trust the most. And those are always going to be your top pass catchers. So, like I said, I think he has a better chance of going top 10 than he does falling out of yeah. the 15 but I also can see both happening. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> yeah, I know we were discussing earlier, McLaurin's kind of one of those guys where you, you can't force him into the top 10, but you definitely can't drop him outside of your top 15. Yeah. Um, it's just so tough to with, with a lot of those guys in that area to bump them higher. But you look at the guys after, and it's really tough to bump them any lower. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on? Cameron? I think he stays in the top 15, no matter where he's at. I think he bit, gets up in that top 10. If he can put eight, eight touchdowns or more on the board, I think that's where it kind of comes yep. in is if he can get good touchdown production, he can definitely be a top 10 guy, but he hasn't, he's had seven touchdowns two years ago and four this last year. So he needs touchdowns to be a top 10 guy, but if he, and if he gets those, then he definitely can. Sure. Absolutely. I don't, don't disagree with any of that. Let's move on to the other guy across the field from him. Curtis Samuel. I should have come to Cameron for the last question because yeah. I told Tyler he could just take away the Curtis Samuel segment since he had the hot take of Curtis Samuel. Uh, we all have him mid to low. Well, Cameron and I have him late 30s. Cameron has him at wide receiver 37. I have him at wide receiver 38. Tyler's got him at wide receiver 28. And I feel like that somewhat adds into the hot take. So, Tyler, go ahead. Give us all – the numbers and reasoning for why Curtis Samuel is inside of your top 30. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> so um, last year, Curtis Samuel was a member of the Carolina Panthers with a wide receiver room that included Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. You could even throw Mike, Mike Davis in there too, just because Teddy was not throwing the ball downfield. So they needed to utilize. Anything, right. So um Curtis Samuel was not drafted a whole lot coming out of the, you know, fantasy drafts and stuff, but he soon became one of the hottest waiver wire pickups um, solely because um, he finished wide receiver 10 after week seven. Week seven to week 17. Yep. Was wide receiver 10. Wow. Yep. And before that he was, let me check my notes. Wide receiver 67. <laughs> yep. So that jump from 67 to 10 gives me some sort of optimism. And that made me want to check in on the stats and see what actually, you know, took place with Samuel. And the numbers are astounding. So 
I'm just going to run through the total fantasy points from week seven on. Go for it. 16.8, 21.1, 26.5. Then he dipped down to 3.8, 21 the following week, 12.2, 15.8, 8.2, 20.6, and 18.8. Now, yes, the numbers that will stick out are the, you know, the 3.8 and the 8.2 or whatever. Name one wide receiver. I mean, you could give me a, you could give me a wide receiver. <laughs> Devontae Adams. <laughs> but I think I think you can realistically expect yeah. one or two games of any wide receiver yeah. to drop below double digit points. Well, for a RB t- or for a wide receiver to reflect a hundred percent. Yes. Your, your wide receiver ones are wide receiver ones for a reason. That's because you don't expect it from that. And you're not saying Curtis Sanders can no, be the one. No, okay. no. Goodness no. <laughs> um, but so again. Those were all week seven yeah. towards the end of the season. Then the numbers before eight, five, eight, eight, ten. Yeah. And the only difference, Joe Brady started to utilize him in the short game, yeah. right? Because they realized Teddy can't throw the ball downfield, right? Yeah, yeah got a cannon. Yeah. Every once in a while they'd go, you know, they go deep with DJ Moore. Because there were there were a couple of games where DJ Moore had like 20 points just yeah. off of two catches and a score. So like they did throw the ball downfield, but to get up the field, they utilized Samuel and Mike Davis the most. Yeah. And I think going to Washington now, Curse Samuel is again the third guy in line for targets behind McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Yeah. So this this position that he's in, right, for fighting for targets is not, you know, unfamiliar to him. And there's a reason why Ron Rivera, the current Washington coach, wanted Samuel in Carolina when he was in Carolina in the first place. Right. So I think there is, there is reason to believe in Curtis Samuel and in most of the mock drafts I'm seeing, he's going, he's probably the one guy that drops the most out of all fan, like out of all players, it's Debo Samuel, him and Jerry Judy. Those three guys are falling because everyone sees like, Oh, look at the guys, you know, I could get, pretty much next round but i'm just gonna take him now because i don't trust any of those guys there's one player you trust it's curtis samuel right yeah. he knows how to utilize a short game and i think you know what what a combination that would be you can run the ball with antonio gibson you can go short with curtis samuel get the defense to come forward and then he hit a ball on the terry mclaurin deep yeah oh get get out of here so i think like like lucas said Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 28, I believe at least, mm-hmm. is, you know. Achievable. Yeah, it's achievable and it's justified. Yeah. And I think my hot take of being a top 25 wide receiver isn't that hot, but I know some people will just because it's not a familiar yeah. name. Yeah. I, think, I think the only negatives for him is that Fitzpatrick is the guy who throws it down the field and they're trying to use Gibson like that McCaffrey. Yeah. And so Gibson might eat up some of those targets, but the, the numbers that you're throwing out are just ridiculous. So I, I was going to say that I was going to come at you hard, but you threw that out those numbers and it's kind of like, it's almost irrefutable. It, it is. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think Curtis Samuel's a guy who could be under drafted right now. He, he's a guy where if he's still on the board and you're looking at your wide receiver three, wide receiver four, instead of reaching for a running back, because everyone wants to panic for running backs once you get to those later rounds, because they're just getting so depleted. Uh, don't, miss an opportunity to probably take Curtis Samuel and don't shy away. Don't be the person that 
lets him fall too far. And when you think, oh, I'm getting this guy to steal, someone swoops in right before you. Like, take him, take Curtis Samuel at his value right yep. now. And I will say, too, they're one of the biggest talking points as to why Curtis Samuel won't produce like he did last year is because Curtis Samuel was involved in the running game. Let me, I'm just going to say this. He only scored two times rushing, which that's about the most that you see out of any wide receiver on a, in terms of rushing. Yep. But the most yards he ever had in a, in a game was 52, but that was off of, what was it? Nine carries or something. Yeah. So he was not as active as people like to think that he was. It was more so just the simple, like, you know, reverse player yeah. and, and whatever. So if you hear someone say, well, he won't have the running game to help him out this year. Don't buy it. It, I mean, the two games that he scored, 16 and 21 points, you take six off of those, that's still 10 and 15. That's still a flex-worthy score. Yep. So don't buy any of the – well, he, you know, the running game is going to hurt him. No, it won't. All right, we spent a lot of time on Curtis Samuel, probably to talk you into moving him up about like five spots of where you want to draft him, but, hey, it's worth it. Let's move on to – we're going to have to clip through these players a little bit more quickly. Let's move on to Logan Thomas first. Let's talk about the other pass catcher. Uh, Tyler, you have him high as a tight end six. I've been a tight end 10, and I thought I had him pretty low. And then I looked at Cameron's rankings, the master <laughs> the master of tight end rankings over here. Cameron has him at tight end 15. Um, I, I just want to – Cameron, I know you're the guy who's kind of like, look, if it's not the top five guys, I don't want them. Uh, and you'd rather take a flyer on a guy, yeah. you know, in the, in the later rounds. But what, I mean, I feel like Logan Thomas having him that low is a little sure. bit disrespectful, but, but give me your thoughts on having Logan Thomas almost outside of your top 15. No, for sure. I, I like Logan Thomas. I, I didn't actually realize I was moving him that low when I did. <laughs> the thing is, is that I like everybody else I have in front of him more. So it's not that I think that he's going to have that bad of a season. I just actually think that he's that the guys ahead of him are gonna have a better season now that also means i think that nine through 16 could be within four fantasy points this yeah. whole season you know so it's not like me moving him that far back is not me going he's unplayable like if i ended up with logan thomas as my tight end i would not be upset you know what i mean i just think that there's so many other options this year and I, so i'm just that, that was my reasoning behind it. And Logan Thomas has definitely shown flashes. He just hasn't given me anything that I'm like, I'm solidifying him as a top eight guy. So who I got ahead of him right now is. I, got, I can't wait for these names. <laughs> so, so I got Pitts at six, Goddard, Gusecki, Fant, Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, Gerald Everett, oh, Tyler, oh. Tyler Higby, and Evan Ingram. Oh. All right. You can talk me into moving it. Thomas. Gerald Everett's the only one I'm really going to grow at. But so Gerald Everett, <laughs> we'll save Gerald Everett. He's the... a guy for another time, but he's a sleeper tight end. You watch out for him. He will be a beast this year. Pete Carroll called him the fanciest tight end he's ever worked with. Don't know what that means, but it's good. So that's where I stand on Gerald Everett. And that is the reason I have Logan Thomas so small. I've, he'll still get red zone targets because he's a tight end. I just think that so many other options in that offense. I think he's going to see some regression. I mean, I'll, I'll back up your thoughts on Logan Thomas, not to the point where I, I'm going to drop him to 15, but Ryan, <laughs> no, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not notorious um, for throwing to tight ends. I mean, Mike Gusecki's the most recent one, 
uh, and that was pretty much last season when he and Tua were basically like flipping every flipping. other game. Yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> right. Uh, and that was Gusecki's highest finish. So sure. doesn't have the repertoire of throwing to tight ends. Games where Antonio Gibson was also in the game with Logan Thomas. Uh, Logan Thomas only averaged 34 receiving yards a game. So that's not super favorable. Granted, if it's four for 34 at seven fantasy points, which is more than 20, you know, 75% of the tight ends I'll probably give you. But regardless, uh, just the guys I like ahead of him too. Gusecki, Fance, and Pitts. I don't even remember who else I have there. But ended up uh, – Five through, uh, I'll say seven through ten is almost personal preference in our opinion. Uh, But I don't disagree. I'm I'm not super big on Logan Thomas this year. I was at one point, but um, yeah, I I think with Fitzpatrick there and having a full repertoire of weapons, I think Logan Thomas does see more regression than people probably want to admit this year. Uh, But that's just my take. All right, let's get to these running backs before we get to uh, a couple questions to wrap out the show. Milberg, Antonio Gibson uh, had breakout season last year. He was a guy who I was on at the beginning of the year, and I'm regretful I told people to try and draft him because I really wanted Antonio Gibson in every draft I was in, but he never made it to me. Uh, Tyler, you have him highest at running back 11. Cameron and I have him at running back 13. How confident are we that he stays within the top 15? I'm going to ask you the same question I do with Terry McLaurin. What are the odds he cracks the top 10 running backs this year? And what are the odds he falls out of the top 15 running backs this year? Um, I So based off of my ranking at running back 11, I think it's pretty good that he cracks the top 10 just because there's a it's it, there's literally no statistical reason. It's literally just that there are some injury-prone running backs in front of him yeah. that they could get injured they're out for the season. So <laughs> hello, top 10 for Antonio Gibson. Yep. Um, so I think, I think um, Gibson could break that low. I, would, I don't want to say lower tier, but I think he's at the bottom of that running back one bucket, I guess. Yeah. He's sniffing it for yeah. running back too. He's definitely. Yep. So I think, yeah, I think there's a good chance he cracks top 10 and especially because Ron Rivera also likes to have that running game option available in case his quarterback can't (laughs) deliver a good ball so yeah top 10 I think is a guarantee I don't really see him going any lower than like 16 17 you start getting to the Josh Jacobs JK Dobbins Chris Carson range where yeah I I'm golly if he falls behind JK Dobbins and Antonio Gibson who are or Antonio Gibson JK Dobbins and Josh Jacobs who are run only See, yeah, yeah pretty much almost locked into timeshares as well with their other running backs there i'd be absolutely shocked yep, so yep. don't disagree with you there i've also heard hot takes of people saying antonio gibson can finish as a top scoring running back in fantasy that's a hot take for a reason we don't think that's actually that's going to happen burning that's hot. a very hot take. but i mean hey it was only last season that ron rivera said he sees christian mccaffrey-esque qualities mm-hmm. and antonio gibson Ron Rivera was a coach when Christian McCaffrey started to have his breakout seasons. Uh, I'm not going to put it past Antonio Gibson to crack the top 10. Uh, I think it's a good chance he does, but I'm comfortable drafting him as a running back too right now. If he wraps around to you mid, mid second round, late second round, absolutely should be all over Antonio Gibson. Last running back who kind of had, uh, who who put up noticeable numbers in Washington last season. Uh, JD McKissick, last guy we'll cover. Uh, 
Tyler, you have him at running back 34. I've got him at 37. Cameron, you've got him at 40. Uh, you have him the lowest. I'm just going to ask you, why do you, why almost outside of your top 40 running backs, why, why so low on JD? Because JD because it was a guy I held on to last year say, and I tried to trade him to everyone. Um, <laughs> I really liked him. I mean, he, I think we were talking, he put up 80 plus receptions last year. It's insane, but he was at 81. That's going to regress. You're not, you don't have Alex Smith anymore. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Curtis Samuel's going to take those. Ron Rivera clearly trusts Curtis Samuel more um, just because of the money he paid him. Uh, if Antonio Gibson is going to start playing more like Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be more involved. So that reception toll is going to go down. And that was the only thing that really made him fantasy relevant is if you take those away, I mean, he didn't score a ton of touchdowns and he never, didn't have a ton of yards. I saw, I saw the one game. Apparently, he only scored once all season. Yeah. Apparently. I need to check that again. But the one game that he did score um, knocked me out of the playoffs, and uh, I, I won't let that go. I'm still pissed about that, but that's for another day. It's, I digress. I feel like we need to have, like, a ransom. Like a, yeah, like, like, a, like a bonus pod of – fantasy football rants that we've had within the last three years. Um, no, don't disagree. He's going to see regression in the receiving game. Uh, I actually think he might be on the verge of being drafted at his ceiling. Um, but I, the reality is he's not going to get 81 receptions. It's rare for a running back to crack 75, yeah. let alone 70. So absolutely regressions coming there. Don't feel like you're getting J.D. McKissick has like a sleeper or, or a steal. Or a steal. Um, I, he, certainly regression coming there. For sure. I think if you take him as your like running back four for your team, that's perfectly fine because you could just kind of bank yeah. on the off chance that he does catch a lot of passes again. But it definitely it's not a, oh, I need, you know, I need a semi-decent running back three or, you yeah. know, heck, a borderline running back two. McKissick is that guy. No, don't no. That's not that's not who he is anymore. Yeah, I think sure. uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of regression similar to Chris Thompson many years ago, where he had his one breakout season. And, well, that's a name to throw out. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be very similar to, to Chris Thompson. Uh, anyways, that closes out uh, the New York Giants and the Washington football team. <laughs> close out the pod let's get into a few mailbag questions uh we let's see let's start with uh goodness who do we want to start with uh um, just these are just awful questions we can't even pick one <laughs> I'm just Shame on you. i got them all in front of me i Shame can't decide which one i want i'm kidding i'm kidding they're amazing give us more you guys are amazing let's... hit the subscribe and follow button <laughs> Let's start with, uh, I'm going to start with this one only because I know Tyler's answer. And I think it reflects all of our answers from Martin underscore Ethan 11. Let's talk about the Raiders running back room. Are we able to trust Josh Jacobs as before? How will it impact his fantasy value with the addition of Kenny Drake this year? Tyler, uh, only because we don't have much time left. Synthesize your, your, synthesize your, uh, pessimism on yes. josh jacobs i am avoiding josh jacobs at all costs because he was never involved in the passing game to begin with now you add another starting running or another starting caliber running back to the room in Kenyon drake who i think gruden will fall in love with just right away because he's going to see that drake is just so much more capable than jacobs is so i'm not saying that jacobs kind of falls into a backup running back territory but it is 100% committee material, and I will avoid that. Even, like, last year he struggled. Like, just inconsistent with carries and production and stuff. 
I'm avoiding him or really any Raiders running back player, except for maybe Ruggs. Uh, maybe yeah. Ruggs. Waller. Oh, can't, Waller, avoid, Waller, can't, Waller. can't avoid yeah, Waller. I can't, can't avoid Waller, but <laughs> everyone else. Everyone else. Yeah, I am. He is teetering on below three yards of carry for his birth. That's so bad. It might be like three and a half, but it's like, it's ridiculously low. He <sighs> is purely a volume play. And if Drake cuts into that volume, he's going to be rough. Sir. Dunzo. <laughs> Dunzo. So avoid Josh Jacobs, unless we get him at like an insane RB4. RB4. Point being, uh, no, we don't trust any of the Raiders running backs. I think that's maybe. Maybe can I ask this, and we'll keep it short again. Would you take? Would you feel better taking Kenyon Drake over Josh Jacobs? No, I'm still taking Jacobs. Touchdown upside with Josh Jacobs. Just okay. goal goal line carries. Yeah, sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Kenyon Makes Drake sense. had a ton of goal line carries for Arizona last season, so I guess I don't want to say Josh Jacobs will 100% get those, but he josh jacobs is a more downhill back yeah and absolutely. i think that's the only reason why so yep. touchdown outside is probably more with josh, josh jacobs the Kenyan drink uh cameron all this one will probably be short uh from aiden al man i'm gonna butcher this mashy mashy m-a-s-m-a-s-h-y man i should <laughs> not be reading mashy we're going mashy <laughs> when <laughs> goodness i'm so sorry aiden uh i'm gonna nail this on the next episode when we answer your early question. When's the best time to start a redraft? All right, Mr. Mashey. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with probably three weeks before your the uh, NFL season starts. I think right when – I would even say right when uh, preseason is starting. That would be a good time to start just because at that point um, your – Depth charts are getting finalized. You kind of know where you're taking people. If you take it before, there's just so much more question, so many more question marks, which you can do. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a bad time to start it. It's yeah. just for my, me personally, I would rather go into it knowing, all right, I'm taking this guy than rather than every team making eight waiver wire moves before the season even begins. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is you just have to know the logistics of like the actual logistics of the draft yes. itself. Like I know there's a lot of leagues that'll start like, now it'll do slow drafts over the span of like two three weeks yeah. uh, because people are going to sit and wait and do their research on their picks but also see you know if there's any rumors yeah. that come out within a reasonable time right so um i i would agree i think the best time is to start right in the middle of preseason so i'd be yeah. like two three weeks before the regular yep. season only because less chance of injury and depth charts start to get finalized yeah. and any rumors that were out there kind of swirling you yeah. Kind of get rid of those by the time the season. Yeah. Last time, last thing you want is one of your your top first round picks getting hurt in preseason, and then you are out before the season even starts. I remember a person who drafted Jordy Nelson before his ACL injury to start the season oh. a few years back, and they were peeved. So oh. that is another perk of drafting closer to the start of the regular season to avoid peeved owners like that. Yes. So that is all we have time for today. Uh, we'll get to a few of our other questions in the next episode coming to you on friday any final thoughts from you two fellas keep up the good work (laughs) (laughs) whatever you're doing keep up if you're at school if you're at a job keep up the good fight keep on (laughs) keeping on (laughs) we're just three stooges being dudes we're the fantasy football fellas deuces deuces Deuces.
thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast today. Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications of all of our weekly podcasts now on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications. You can do the same for our social media, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram. Hey, we're on YouTube if you want to see us uh, video record these podcasts. Fantasy Football Fellas there. Uh, same thing on Facebook and TikTok, Fantasy Football Fellas. If you want even more insights to any of our rankings, uh, head on over to FantasyFootballFellas.com. I uh, got all sorts of rankings there. You can see our first mock draft that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, all sorts of different exciting content there we have for you as well. Three Stooges, just being dudes. Deuces.